Hey, good morning. Good morning, church. I am so delighted to be here with you this morning. Uh, if you're a guest here, I want to welcome you. If you've been here for a long time, uh, this is home. Uh, my name is An. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, I'm the only pastor here today. Pastor Calvin is somewhere in Jerusalem. So I have no idea. Somewhere in the desert. Okay. Pastor Andrew is back where his culture is at. He's in Taiwan right now. Um, so if anything goes wrong, I'm going to be running out the door. Okay. So look at me, right? Um, we've been going through our prayer series called A Praying Life. And this morning, I want to talk about something I want you to feel, which is emotions. This morning, I want to kind of let you know that we need emotions in prayer. Now, this is the story of my life. Emotions is something that, like, is just basic who I am. This is me. Growing up, the struggle of my emotions being suppressed, I tried to control my emotions, was just super hard. I mean, my emotions, right, like, growing up was like, do, do I, do I, who do I tell? How do I... How do I show it? Is there good emotions? Are there bad emotions? Are, are, there, are there ways for me to actually, like, get rid of it? And I said to myself, there has to be a way. There has to be a way. So, I'm a perfect example right now of someone who has completely controlled emotions. I, uh, it's, it's, it's kept. It's there. Look, if you know me, that is a lie. I, I hope that you see the sarcastic in that. My emotions are right here. They're in my arms. They're in my ankles. They're in my neck. I, I just want to let them out. Now, emotions, like my emotions that I feel, that the best way I could tell them is like, let's say I have an emotion of anger, right? Or let's like, say pain, or like sadness, or like joy, or like resentment, or uh, I, I don't like this food, or I feel like not worthy, or for some people, right, is it like where you live, like your identity, like all these emotions, right? Now, these are my emotions here, and it's being suppressed, right? So who here kind of understands where I'm coming from? Who here has emotions? Oh, see, that was that. I was hoping somebody has some emotions, right? So I'm going to give you an emotion. Here you go. Here you go. And I want you to think about the emotions that you're going to have. There's a lot of emotions over here. <laughs> now, what are your emotions? What, what, what do you have? And I, I want you to think about it real quick. And I want you to put these emotions in here. Thank you. Thank you. This side over here, that all, the, all the emotions. Yeah? Oh, they drop the emotion. It happens. Don't worry. Plus. No, don't, don't, don't. That, that's a Laker fan right there. We don't, we don't want to ooh that, okay? Oh, there's, someone actually put, like, emoji emotions, okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it in there. Um, actually, these, these are too nice. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep them. Thank you. Look, there's a, a, a laughing emotion, the two X in the eyes, and a really one. Now, what if I were to tell you that emotions are something that we just deal with every day and all the time? And there's, a, there's an author. Her name is author Li Wenho. She's a... Christian contemporary romance novelist. She's a friend of mine's. You can find her books on Amazon. They're all free. She says, basically emotions are tools God uses to give us to express certain situations. These are positive and negative emotions. And it's healthy and it's normal to experience both kinds. Jesus experienced a wide range of emotions from anger to joy. This is author Ho. 
who's a Christian contemporary romance novelist. And I was like, that is amazing. You know, we experience emotions by what? Most of how we express it. By writing, journaling, maybe it's sports, running, uh, boxing. Uh, for some of you, it's eating, it's video games, it's uh, shopping, it's dining. It's maybe even in the shower that you express your emotions. Now, my entire life, I have been trying to figure out who can I give these emotions to. Growing up in a household filled with verbal abuse, physical abuse, and things that I wish upon no one to ever see growing up. Who do I give them to? So, I did what any high schooler would do. I followed Jesus. So March 29th, 1998, I got baptized. And when I got baptized, I had no idea what I was doing when I got baptized. And this is me uh, a long time ago. And uh, I don't remember the pastor. I don't remember the water. All I remember was that I was unprepared to get baptized because I, uh, after I got baptized, I didn't begin to change of clothes. So I just wore <laughs> my wet clothes on the pew. I had a lot of looks. A lot of looks. I said, you know, I just kind of just walked it out wet to my car, to home. And when I gave it to Jesus, my life changed. Someone was able to identify my emotions. You see, I was a car wreck emotionally. No insurance company would claim me, let alone fix me. But Jesus did. Jesus said he wanted to fix me. Now, if we look at Matthew 3, 16, 17, here's something about Jesus' baptism that is really different. And this is not the scripture we're going to go back to. I want you to go back. Is that Jesus found something interesting about Jesus' baptism is that as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water, and at that moment, heaven was open, and he said to the Spirit of God, descending like a dove, aligning on him, a voice came from him and said, This is my Son, whom I love, and with him I am pleased. Before Jesus did any kind of ministry, he declared that his Son, Jesus, was loved and is well pleased. And this, this morning, uh, I want you to guess who's going to get baptized today. The Rep. Sharon Naga. It was the quiet one that's going to get baptized today. <laughs> Church, I want you to pause right here. We get this kind of access to this God that baptized Jesus. We get access to this kind of God that when we come with our emotions, with prayer, that we get to access Jesus and God. Church, let's pray. If you're next to someone, can you hold their hands? And we're going to pray together. If this is your first time holding hands, well, this is the first time, then amen, right? <laughs> Let's pray. Father, Lord, we thank you for this morning that we come to you, Father, Lord. May we go in your scriptures and your word to tell us truth. And may this morning as we hear in church, Lord, that we're not thinking about, is this sermon good or not? When's lunch? And what's on our phone that's going to distract us? The ringing, the burping, tweeting, Instagramming, whatever is on our phone that's going to distract us, Lord. May you allow us to be immersed in ways that we can understand the truth and who you are and settle us, Father, Lord, for this time. Amen. There's another part in the scripture right now that we're going to go into that, that shares more clearly about emotions and prayer with Jesus and God than Matthew 26, verse 36 to 42. If you have a physical Bible... I want you to open it up. If you don't, turn to your Bible app or your neighbor next to you or have on the screen too. And this is the word of the Lord. Matthew 26, 36 to 42. 
And it says this, Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. 37. He took Peter and two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to sorrowful and be troubled. 38. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Verse 40. Then he returned to the disciples and found them sleeping. Can't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. Now, in this text, several observations. One, what's at stake for Jesus right here? Everything. He was crying out because he knew the end was near. And if you read all of chapter 26, there's a wider range of people that's going to deny Jesus. He tells them what's going to happen. He tells them what's going to happen. They kind of believe and they don't. It's the very end we have his betrayer, right? Last night, my daughter and I were talking about Judas. And Kara says, was he, did he knew what he was doing? Was he a bad man? I said, he still fulfilled God's will. He was a sinner like all of us. She sat there, she pondered. And Addie broke the stillness by her laughter and giggles and said, you're like, she said, I know Judas. Jesus here models emotional, intense, persevering prayer as a lament. And this is not the only place that we see lamenting, right? We see lamenting all through Psalms. We see lamenting through many of, of, of Jesus' prophets. We see all of the scripture where there is sorrow, pain, and then there is joy. There's rejoicing, understanding. As a matter of fact, Jesus is right here in this part of the scripture. He's given us heaven in a sense. But in order to give us heaven, something has to happen. And here too, something interesting happens. God doesn't give Jesus a guidance of what to do during prayer time. You know what he does? He gives Jesus wisdom. Wisdom always trumps guidance because wisdom, we know what God desires. Guidance, this is a manual. Step by step is what to do. I wish someone gave me guidance becoming a parent to two, to two daughters. Instead, you know what people have been praying for me as I, when we first had Karis, our oldest? They asked for wisdom for me as parents. And I still didn't know what I was doing. That's okay. They still pray wisdom. Lastly, opposition. Jesus here shows us how to practice what Jesus was doing. What he was doing to his father. And he was modeling it. Now, the word focus for today are two verses that we're going to do. And it's going to be in verse 39 and 42. And this is when Jesus calls out to God by saying, my father. This doesn't say God. It doesn't say the father. He says my father. And this is key because the term Abba means father. We've heard different theologians say that this term means like an enduring way like hey daddy. But more, more insight in this is that it's more of an endearment of just actually calling father, our father, very personal. And so we're going to talk about how Jesus always finds a way to always be connected to this Father ever since he was created. 
Jesus never wanted to be unconnected. He always wanted to be connected. And lastly, we see how deep this relationship between Jesus and God is, is together. So we'll go to the first father. Father number one. The first time Jesus says this in this part of the scripture, verse 39, it says this. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet, not as I will, but as you will. Jesus calls out to God, his father, because he's freely to be unashamed to come before him. He calls out. Now, this is an interesting too. Jesus falls down on his face, and we see the depths of his control of his emotions. So he, he cries out to God. These are the things I'm, I'm wrestling with. Pain, grief, sorrow, and it's all honest. And this is crazy how he models how to pray. He says he fell to the ground, his face on the floor, and he prays. Now, I don't know about you, how many of you have literally fallen on the ground, face to the ground, and prayed? Jesus understood our emotions. Humanly being on the floor, humanly his face to the ground. I'm going to get up a little bit. My back hurts. I can't preach down here. I have basketball there today. So if, if you're going to basketball today, we definitely encourage you. It's at Mills College from 2 to 6, okay? Jesus models not just in prayer that is spiritual, but he models it in human flesh and in his body. It says that he brought this group, 11 of them, 10 of them. Judas by then has secretly walked away to betray Jesus. And as he's in this olive orchard in the vicinity, this place and land where he's often going to, he pulls away a little farther with his three, his pod, his homies, and then he says he pulls farther away with them by himself. And he's on the floor, on the ground, on the dirt. I have nice carpet. It's nice. It's, it's, it's great. But he's on the floor. I, I can't think of a better person to model prayer than Jesus. He knew what God's will was for him. And was death. He wasn't denying the cup. What he was opposed to and trying to suppress was his emotions. But Jesus does this because he knows that if he's going to come before the Father, he has to at least ask him. He has to at least express it because of the cup. Now, I'm a father of two, and um, talk about emotions, right? Two girls, and we allow girls to express their emotions. So when they get into a situation where they fight or they cry or something, just, we don't try to stop them. We allow them to fully express it. So they'll cry. They'll work it out sometimes. We put them in a space where they can let out. If they want to be on the floor, if they want to yell, we allow it. Now, Addie is our youngest. She turns four today. So happy birthday, babe. And she is the youngest who's Karis, who's eight, and she's two times older. They had a situation where Karis didn't share, so Addie, the best way to allow her emotions is that she bit her on the stomach, okay? One, that's impressive. Two, Karis runs out of the room to find a parent because she thinks she's crazy. And she is. 
And as she's chasing Karis around, she's chasing with her teeth out, trying to bite her, okay, still, okay? Again, very impressive. But two, she's expressing her emotions. Now they made up. Karis has this little scar right here on her stomach. But here's the thing. As I sat Addie down, her emotions changed. She says, yes, Daddy. She knew that she wasn't supposed to do that. But she came to the Father, came to me, and she expressed her emotions. She expressed her frustration. And we worked it out. It's, you picture me working, out, working it out with a three-year-old, talking with her. But the whole purpose is that she had come to me and asked her, what is going on? What happened? What caused you? What do you feel? What do you want to do about it? And we talked as, as, as honest as you can from a 36-year-old to a 3-year-old. But she knows that she come to me and express her emotions. And sometimes I'll give in to her desires and wants. But sometimes I don't. Now, since we all here have the same access to the Father, when we come to him, what does God want for your emotions? What are the things that you want to bring to him? And the amazing thing about God is that we're not robots that come to him with just a default emotion, right? Instead, what we ought to do is figure out how can we fall on the ground with our face, praying to God some of the things that we wrestle with. So for you, what are some things that you're going to fall on the ground with to make decisions for in your prayer life? Are there choices and decisions right now? That you're not letting the word dictate your emotions. Instead, you let your emotions dictate your choices and decisions. And that rules over you instead of coming before the Father. I think when we come to the ground and to the face with our prayer request to the Lord, that's when we're able to ask him the hard questions. That's when we can approach him. Like Jesus did, this cup is... Is there any other way? Second father. The second father is more interesting. Verse 42, it says, He went away a second time and prayed. It says, My father, if not possible for this cup to be taken unless I drink it, may your will be done. Now there's Jesus' way, and then there's God's way. And right here, we see that it's God's way that always going to oversee Jesus' way. Now, Hebrews 5, 7, 10, it says this beautiful understanding of who Jesus was and what Jesus is for us. It says, during the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and, pen- and, and, and penitentions with fervent cries and terrors to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his relevant submission Son, through he was, through who he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And once made perfect, he became a source of eternal salvation for all who believed with him and was designated by God to be the high priest for us. We understand that Jesus says, not my will, but your will, God. And there is this sorrow, this pain, this processing. Now, Jesus was authentic in his communication with God. And our Father 
wants nothing less. He says, our father, how personal God could be. He says, our father, for us to say our father because he says, my father. This is my father. He comes to the Lord. Now, Jesus expressed his emotions truly, fully through prayer. And when it comes to grips with God's will, he knows that he's going to die. And it's God's plan of salvation, for the salvation of the humankind. So he surrenders himself with the Father. He says, all right, God, this is what you want from me? This is the only way, right? So it's trying you and God, the Father and the Holy Spirit. And we will later on get the Holy Spirit, right, when Jesus ascends, right? They work in unison together. He agrees. He sees. Now, how do we practice these emotions in prayer? Now, think of the safest place that you've ever been to. Maybe it's your mom's house. For me, I was in the White House at one point. I felt super safe. Before submitting to God's will, we need to identify these emotions first that we have. So then we can share with our Father in this safe place wherever you're with with Him. Because it's with God, it becomes safe, and we can be honest and real with Him. Isn't that amazing? Wherever you're with God, that becomes a safe place. Your shower, you're running. That in and out spot that you always go eat, that you don't tell anybody about. That coffee shop, on the phone, texting someone. Your school, your school that you drop your children off, that becomes a safe place when you come and be honest with God. You know, I used to work at a, a, I used to work at a, a care home in San Francisco. It was called uh, Victorian Healthcare Center. And part of my job was that I would care and oversee um, a lot of people that are later in life. Uh, either hospice care, terminal, seniors, or people that are rehabbing. And death was part of it. And every single day, not my surprise, someone would pass away. And I was there to give them ways to feel better. I was the resident service coordinator. And I was the one that had Tai Chi class, coffee in the morning, brought residents and patients to Giants games. We had church service for them. We had room sensory. I was in charge of that. Death never escaped them. And one of the things that for me that I have a hard time, my emotions sometimes, is knowing that I'm not scared of death, but I am scared of the separation between the people that I, I love and I care and the people that, I, that I'm with. Jesus felt that same separation of fear. Separation from his father. Separation from the people that he called family, the ministry that he was around. Because he feared that too, that separation. He says, yes, God. My Father, I'll do your will. You know, when we ignore our emotions, we empower them to make decisions for us. All of us. So when we acknowledge them to our Father, we're surrendering to God's perfect will for our lives. Think about that. We surrender our will to the Lord. You know, so when Jesus came to the Father um, in prayer, he wants your emotions. So here's the emotions right here to overflow with him. Now this is the same water that's up in the baptism pool. 
that uh, a certain individual is going to get baptized in. And these are our emotions that we get a chance to pour out to him. And so when we have our emotions, they're suppressed, they're here. And when we bring it to the Lord, he fills it. And when we fill it, our emotions rise to him. And we keep coming to him. Keep coming to him. Keep coming to him. Keep coming to him. Like Jesus, Jesus is going into the water during his baptism. And our Father is pleased and loves us. He wants all of us. He wants all of you. Picture what it looks like if we all came with our emotions to the Father in prayer. Picture that. Every single one of you in this room, on our face, on the floor, in the parking lot. Okay, maybe not in the streets. It's kind of dirty over there, okay? But you come face to the ground, in prayer with our emotions. If your prayer life is set on default right now, you have an opportunity to customize it, to change that daily. So how, like, what does it look like for you? Maybe for you, you're going to find key people in your life to pray with. There's a top three and these are people that are going to text you back and call you back the moment you text them. Because you know because you set your text on red and you see the little bubbles. And you know that, this is, that these are your people that when you have something going on, they're going to reply back to you. They're going to call you. They're going to email you. I super enjoy it when someone says, can you pray for me? I pray for them right there. Not like openly. I text pray. And then they trip out like, this is the first time I ever got a text prayer. I said, well, there's more to it. Right? I said, dear God, I text it out. And then they're, like, they're trying to talk with me as I'm praying. I said, don't talk. I'm praying right now, okay? What are people right now that you're like, that you need to have a top three that you don't come to and just pray with your emotions. Be up and honest. It's a running partner. It's a coffee partner. It's a, it, it's, it's a mom at your school. It's a coworker. It's someone that you just met that just believes in Jesus. And you're like, can we, can we both come together and be Jesus together? And they don't know what to say, but you're like, okay, I'll see you on Tuesday. Are you going to find a space and a place for you to seek God? You know, when God went to this olive orchard, he probably had permission from the landlord to be there. He probably had a space that kept going back that no one knew where it was at. It was kind of like his place. For me, you know what my place and spaces are? It's really hipster, trendy, white wall coffee shops. I just feel at home there. I just kind of blend in. I use my Apple AirPods, you know. I sit in the corner, my journals and my coffee, and I just kind of blend in. And there's moments that I'm at a coffee shop and I'm praying to God, like emotion. I'm crying at this coffee shop while drinking my coffee, okay? Like I'm, and when I pray, I don't pray my eyes closed. I, my eyes are open because I don't want people to jack my stuff, you know. I, I want to be careful. And I'm, I'm sobbing and I'm praying. And you know what I do is that when I'm praying for somebody too, like I'm praying for them, I text them that I'm praying for them and let them know that I'm like praying for them as I'm crying. So like, it's like all these kind of emotions going on. And these baristas are like, this guy got issues, man. <laughs> but what is your place in space? And for you, it's, it's in, the, in the, the, the car line for you to, to pray for your children, uh, to love and care for them. Maybe it's for you, it's, it's, it's at work and you're by yourself and you have 10 minute walk. Maybe for you, it's, it's literally as you're shopping because you have no other time for you. As you're walking through the aisles, you're praying for the people in your life. You're praying for your loved ones. You're praying for your children. 
all weekend I've been praying for you as a church. I just sat on my bed, hands out, and I prayed. I just prayed. I prayed for different ministries in our, in our community. I prayed for a grad student ministry. I prayed for a college. I prayed for young adults. I prayed for families. I prayed for our board. I prayed for our pastors. I prayed for anyone that comes to the door. I just prayed. There, the only emotion that came through that I was feeling was my heat pad from my back that was on my bed. That was the only thing that I felt. But I knew that I was giving it to God. And lastly, find and submit to God's will or your will. This is really hard. We live in the Bay Area where you need to get yours. You need to succeed. It's a piece of paper in your resume of who you are. And how many PhDs, PDs, whatever Ds behind your name matters much for you. And that that will becomes more important than your will because you got to have your will. I'm not saying for you not to be a good steward of where God's put you. We have amazing, amazing physicians here. Amazing doctors, amazing people that love the Lord and their places of tech to non-tech to wherever it's going to be. I'm not asking about that. I'm saying is that it's God's will for you to where you ought to be being suppressed by because what you want to be. Are you going to submit to God's will? Maybe not tomorrow or next year or five years from now, but you're trying to take a look at it daily and say, God, all right, can I... Should I, should, I, should I fast? Because I really want to help my, my, my World Vision student that I, I've been sponsoring. Or is it the soft drive for a Mago Day that we're giving? Is it that I could do less for more or more for less? What is it for me that I could do? And for you, is it decisions for family, is it relationships? Is it, is it work? Is it church? Where can you serve? What is it that God's calling you to do? You know, the gospel permeates into our emotions and the expression of these emotions glorifies God through our prayers. And so this morning, church, as we go into this time of response, I'm going to call the praise team up. Do you know that through our Father that we are fully known and we're fully loved? Every inch of who you are, you're fully known and you're fully loved. So approach him with your emotions and let that overflow in your life. Let's pray, church. Father, Lord, as we are set to see a young man in our community get baptized, Father, Lord, may you remind us, Father, Lord, of what it means to come before you on the ground with our face to the floor, offering our emotions to you. In this room, Father Lord, what are, what are things that we've been suppressing, Father Lord, that we have not laid out? What are things that we're not being honest to you about? What are things that we haven't come to you, Father, because we are just scared? We're scared. We're scared, Father, to approach you, not as God, not as the Father, but we get a chance to approach you as our Father. And we get a chance to approach you saying, my Father, the way Jesus does. So Lord, may you allow our emotions not to own us, but may we own our emotions through you. And may we express it in a manner that is worthy, that is glorifying and healthy to you, Lord, because you are good. 
because you are good, Father Lord. Amen.